Dub Nation. Providing you with the practical tools and expert knowledge to optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. With your host, Steve Katarzy. Hey you, I hope I found you at a good time and you are ready to listen and learn today because today is a great discussion. I tell you what, this is the kind of discussion and set of facts that I wish I'd learned many years ago prior to even lifting my first set of weights. See, there is so much confusion as it relates to the best way to train in the gym to get bigger and stronger. Part of this is by design from the industry and all the companies within it, and part because there are dogmatic folk who just believe in their method being the best. So this discussion attempts to lay some foundational knowledge so you can understand the difference between true strength training and hypertrophy training, including the benefits of each, the distinctions, the similarities, the use cases, and the downsides. And at the end of this podcast, you'll understand the most important thing, that resistance training has a spectrum of modalities that amplify certain benefits more than others. And deliberately working throughout that spectrum is how to keep making progress year after year. So we get this kicked off by having a quick reflection on our current training blocks. We're both doing some hypertrophy work at the moment. So we talk through how we're both getting on and then we get into it. Defining strength training versus hypertrophy training talking about the adaptation and training benefits of each style, giving you a sense of which one to choose based on some common use cases. We talk about the circular loop and whether you're someone who gets bigger by getting stronger or someone who gets stronger by getting bigger. We talk about some personal factors that will help you determine which modality to choose first or predominantly, or whether you should consider mixing both styles within a single training session. I think you're going to enjoy this episode, guys. And if there are any follow-up questions whatsoever, make sure to connect with us on the Adapt Nation Facebook page or the Adapt Nation Instagram feed. So without further ado, let's kick this off. Adapt Nation. I'll tell you what, man. I am enjoying this bodybuilding-esque training modality I've got going on right now. It's a bit different to what you normally do, right? I didn't think I would enjoy it because... Innately, I prefer, you know, strength training, four to six reps. Yeah. But, you know, I've, I've grown to understand that there's benefit of changing and switching up my routine mm-hmm. and not getting stuck and being dogmatic about one modality of training yeah. versus the other. And because of that open-mindedness, I'm able to see the benefits of, you know, this new training style that, to be honest, I haven't done exclusively before. Yeah. And yeah, I'm, I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying the pump mm-hmm. of, you know, you know, 10 plus reps, four sets, short rest periods. You're definitely getting a pump. Yeah. I'm enjoying the mind-muscle connection. Um, I'm definitely responding physically, mm-hmm. both in terms of like how I look in the mirror and just looking a bit more pumped up. Um, and I actually done a strength training session yesterday because I kind of like weave these in. Yeah. And I maxed out on my squat and my deadlift and my overhead press. 160K squat, 
190k deadlift and 80k overhead press. And these are good numbers for me. Yeah. And I have the last time I strength trained was four weeks ago. So you're you're you've minimalized a lot of the strength based training in your program and you're doing hypertrophy, yep. yet the hypertrophy has helped you get stronger indirectly. Yes. Yeah. And I, I kind of hope that would, but I assume that taking taking for for the best part eight weeks out mm -hmm. bar a couple of sessions from strength training, I thought, okay. I'm going to lose that mind over matter connection to the workout. Yeah. I'm going to lose my control and my ability to go beast mode. I'm going to maybe feel a little bit nervous getting under the bar. You know, I'm just going to feel a little bit clunky and I'm probably going to lose a bit of strength because mm -hmm. you'd assume that. And I haven't. And that that has been really interesting to have observe. You, have you had a little bit of anxiety towards not, not doing the strength training and just feeling like you're going to lose your strength and feeling like maybe this isn't the right thing to do. Should I have that longer period away from training from strength? Um, and if, if I don't, then what would be the detriment? I mean, did you have this Absolutely. kind of battle in your head? When, when I put this program together, you know, part of me was do it. You know, if you, if you're going to do it, don't mm. dabble, you know, let's just do a bodybuilding, you know, bro split and let's see yeah. how we get on. And another part of me is going, yeah, but you don't want to do that because you, you know, I haven't programmed any deadlifts in. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I, I've been, I've been deadlifting constantly for a year and a half. I don't no want no variations not... or what uh, stiff leg. Yeah, but that was purely for like hamstring development. Yep. It wasn't full blown. You know, again, high full body repetitions. Work. So yeah, I had a lot of anxiety going into it, mm -hmm. um, and just like anything, like when when you ask me to manipulate my protein or have a fasting day i have anxiety about fasting yeah because of you know feel like you're gonna lose all your gains yeah so <laughs> I, you, I have some of that emotional stuff which yeah. mostly doesn't make sense but you know now i'm in it and i'm, I've, I'm almost wrapped up on the eight weeks it's been a pleasant surprise albeit i am looking forward to going back to strength training for the next one well i suppose you almost need that break to then look forward to going back to strength training because neurologically for you, I mean, there's, there's a high demand on yes, absolutely, what you've man. been doing and you have to psych yourself out most training sessions. And I know, I know what you're like. You train hard and you like to train, you like to put everything and lay it out on the table during that session. Yep. Um, and that takes a lot from you. So I think having that break probably kind of a uh, refreshing restart and then you can go back to it and then just feel a little bit more fresh, ready to go back in. Would you agree? No, I agree, man. Yeah. So I think that in part was the reason I performed so well in my strength training session yesterday because I've just been given my break is the wrong word because I'm working hard. I'm doing five days a week mm. and they are intense sessions. Mm. I mean, I, I'm gassed out, but it's just using a different system. Yeah. Right? Do you know what I mean? Whereas this is more around kind of endurance and my muscle connection, mm. you know, when I do strength training, this is all about, you know, psyching myself up. Yeah, and going all in, and then just you know completely fatiguing my nervous system. Yeah, um, and I think the break from doing that has probably been productive. Mm -hmm. um, but you know, the downside of doing this is downside upside. The volume I'm getting in is insane. Mm. Like, I'll give you an example. My leg day, which is a pretty horrendous leg day, twenty eight thousand kilograms are shifted. Twenty eight thousand kilograms, like twenty eight tons. So that's the total. Whereas walk out of gym, that's what you've done. Whereas right? my arm day is about five thousand kilograms, mm. and if I look at my strength day I done only yesterday, now it's just a, a basic kind of a kind of Mark Ripito starting strength thing. It's mm -hmm. you know three sets of each 
major lift, so it's not huge volume. Yeah. But that was only about 5,000 kilograms. So 5,000 kilograms yesterday versus my leg day, which was 28,000 kilograms. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm completely exhausted after that. Yeah. And I'm doing like 15 rep squats, 95K. You know, that's hard, man. Yeah. It is fucking so, hard. Well, have you, have, you spent, have you been sore quite a lot then from this training? Because you're not used to going to the, sort of the medium to higher end of the rep range. I mean, are you feeling quite sore after the hypertrophy-based training? Absolutely. Um, yeah. Less now, because like with anything, right, you get adapted. Yeah. Um, but I was, I, th I think the biggest eye-opener was my level of endurance like it was i had for the first few weeks asking me to get 15 squats out when mm. i normally only do four to six doesn't mm. matter that the weight's lighter it's just 15 movements when i'm used to only moving up and down four or five yeah. times you know that take a took a level of resolve mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. <laughs> to get through it now and once i got used to it i could i jacked up the weight and then i, was, I felt like probably is a little bit more in the tank but it took me a while, and now I feel I'm there now. I feel that I can now play at that 12, you know, 10 to 15 rep range when I need to, mm -hmm. even with the big compound movements. Yeah. But when I first started, it was like, fuck, there's no way I can do this. Yeah. It's just too much volume in one set. But a great thing you've, the, the great thing about this is that you've literally just improved your work capacity, and then your work capacity will lay such a good foundation. For you to then build strength on, and I think so. You, you, that's probably why you're seeing such a good, such an increase in your strength gains um, from not doing strength, just because you've literally just you've you've widened your work capacity. And I think there's a lot to be said for work capacity. Yeah, and I didn't really value that, if mm. I'm honest. And, and I'm being being fairly regimented on the rest period, so yeah. I've got a little app, a minute and a half, bang, I'm in. Yeah, for the most part. And yeah, so that's a challenge as well. You know. Mm recovering quickly enough even though the rep range suggests you can go again yeah my body wants a little bit longer but i'm just going in for it yeah and um yeah it's, it's hard work it's high calorie it's um very fatiguing a lot of lactic acid buildup mm -hmm. but the net net is my body's responded mm -hmm. both strength endurance and size i don't think this will last forever though I, you know, and I also don't think I really want to do this forever. You know, it's not a modality I can mm -hmm. enjoy in perpetuity, but I've enjoyed committing to it for a period of time and, you know, developing my skill at that kind of rep range and seeing how my body responds to it. So it's been good. How about your training, man? Uh, I'm actually in a similar um, boat. So I'm doing hypertrophy work as well at the minute. Um, just trying to put on a little bit of size and I'm in a really good position. So the the tail end of 2018 was a bit manic and all over the place. Now I'm in a good routine. Um, I've got, I'm training in a, a facility where we've got all the equipment and it's readily available. Mm -hmm. So my train just seems to be consistent and I'm progressively overload, um, overloading and I'm getting stronger. I'm getting bigger. I'm putting on weight, my calories I'm hitting every single day. Good. Um, well done, man. So I think that was I, your Achilles heel, man. What's that? Yeah, exactly. And you know what I've done? I was like, I'm trying to, trying to reach to be on my means. So I'm now only overeating by 200 calories a day. Um, and that works perfectly for me because that means I'm consistent. And we know that the people that uh, reach their goals are the ones that are most adherent to mm -hmm. the plan, right? So this works for me. I can manage that. I can go 200 calories over every day. Now, some days I go over on the weekends. Um, if I'm going out for a meal, you know, my weekly average will, will be bumped up even more. So... Um, but yeah, 
most days I'm 200 calories over and that's just working perfectly for me, which means I'm putting on weight. I'm getting good. stronger. I'm feeling good. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm dead happy with what I'm doing at the moment. So good, man. It's all going in the right direction. To hear that you're consistent is probably the most important thing. That's music to my ears, man. Yeah. Because yeah, that's, sure. I think that, that has been something that, you know, just keeping, keeping the enjoyment up and the momentum up and the motivation uh, is something that I think, you know, you struggle with from time to time. As yeah. you mentioned on a podcast a few times before, the fact that you've had a good run of consistency and yeah. you feel like connected with your training and you yeah. feel like there's benefit and, you know, you're starting to see the reward of consistency. Exactly. That kind of just spurs you on to be more consistent. Exactly. You know I mean? and, it, and you know what? It doesn't take long. If you're consistent for a couple of weeks, you start to see some results, right? It's all and about habit. Just, exactly. It's all about habit. And I, and I know I can be consistent and I'm because I'm driven, right? And, the problem is, is that I was just out of sorts in the last year, and this yeah. year I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Um, I'm in the right uh, frame of mind, and I've just, I've just sorted my shit out basically. That's good, man. So yeah, things hear. are all good this end. So I, I, I was hoping we could talk about something that we've kind of led into. So let's yep. just keep going. Um, I, well, you mentioned it to to offer the audience some perspective between, um quote unquote strength training yep. versus hypertrophy training now you hear that you know these are two separate modalities and there could be some confusion as to which do you use and why mm -hmm. what are they uh, what are the benefits um are they even two different things yeah so i thought we discussed that today and we kind of framed it up quite nicely so yep. when we think about strength training um, the typical kind of uh, description of strength training mm. is it is a central nervous system demanding low rep range training modality. So we're typically talking in the few rep range, say four to six, that kind of range. You can go one lower, you can go one higher, but the reality is you're going maximal strength yeah. for a few reps. And then hypertrophy training is typically considered more, you know, bodybuilder training. It is more the eight to twelve rep range. But again, we don't need to be dogmatic about the rep range. What we're really trying to emphasize is there's just more reps, mm -hmm. and therefore you're using lower weight, and you can control each rep within that kind of window of eight to twelve or thereabouts. So, why don't we start with first describing the perceived and real beneficial differences between the two mm -hmm. yeah yeah sounds good i would say the first thing to consider now i i have a preference to strength training mm -hmm. we've spoken about that before you've got a bias towards building strength training programs yeah and i think um and you know jump in at any point here Bruin. i would say the first benefit of strength training is that it's mm -hmm it builds proportion. Mm. So because strength training typically is a full body compound um, demanding way of training, you are training most of your muscles mm. most of the time. Multi-joint movements, usually a complex movement, right? Yeah. And as a result, if you look at most strength training people or power lifters now, you know, when you go to the extreme of powerlifting, it is a different modality again. Mm -hmm. But what you typically find is there's reasonably good proportion. Mm. Not any one area of their body is massively bigger than others. They haven't got huge pecs and tiny legs, or they haven't got massive arms and yeah. 
you know, um, you know, tiny shoulders. Everything seems to be in proportion. Yeah. There is typically a density and a hardness to someone's physique if they purely do strength training. Mm -hmm. So you see that kind of um, solidness, right? These these like muscles, thickness to their body, right? Thickness that could sometimes be perceived as they're carrying too much weight or their their waist is too wide, but and that sometimes can happen. Yeah. But I'm talking more around you know those muscles feel dense and hard. Mm -hmm. They look solid because they are because they're mm. strong. They're packed full of strength. Yeah. Right. Function I think is very valuable because as you've just said, multi-plane, multi-joint. Uh, full body movements this generally promotes a level of body functionality yeah that hypertrophy doesn't yeah. would you agree which is why that you see proportion in most people that usually are biased towards strength training because you're working whole body big movements that are going to work every single muscle in the body but also your nervous system is going to respond to that yeah and it's going to build proportion in the body right so yeah so so function is important um, I would say as a as a kind of way to frame it up in your mind, this is a mind over matter mm -hmm. style of training. Yeah. Yeah. With you know, this is a I'm gonna lift something really heavy. It's at, you know, the kind of far end of what I know I can do. And you have to psych yourself up. Yeah. You have to build up the confidence and you need to get the eye of the tiger. Yeah. You need to go within yourself. You yeah. need to be ready, beast mode aggressive. You need to be funnel focused. your energy towards yeah just a few reps and it's exhausting mentally mm, yeah. and it can be quite anxiety building right mm. especially when you get to the far ends of your your limits would you agree it's a yeah, mind we, over matter style of training 100 percent. we've all been under the barbell and about to do like say a bench press and you get a little build up of anxiety because yeah. you're about to lift a weight and you're like you know you're lifting relatively you know you're lifting within your your um physical capability but you're still a bit like I need to be switched on here. I need to put 100% in and I need you to make sure be that I'm... You can't be distracted. You can't be distracted. So there's a lot of um, mental demand on the, the lifts when it yes. comes to strength training. Absolutely. And then the, the last thing is, whilst this isn't always the case, I would say typically it's a quite time efficient way of training. So you're typically doing less sets. You're definitely doing less reps. Mm -hmm. You might be resting longer, but you're probably doing less exercises too. So yeah. the net net is... Because typically these movements, overhead press, you know, you know, chin up or no, no you know, wide grip pull up, yeah. your deadlift, your squat, your bench press, they're multi-joint, full body-esque movements. Mm -hmm. As a result, you get big bang, you get a big bang for your buck. They're quite time efficient. Uh, and if you're time poor and you could just hit to squat and deadlifts all day long, you mm -hmm. do yourself, you know, uh, you know, do yourself justice. So they can be time efficient as yeah, well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're looking at a full body workout, you, you really you can get good results doing that three times a week as opposed to doing that if you're hitting your legs on a on a bodybuilding split, you're only yeah. gonna hit your legs once, twice a week, um, maybe three times a week, but then you've got to hit every other body part as well. Yeah. So I think that it's it's time efficient in that sense because you don't have to be in the gym quite as frequently. That um, is a good which point. Which can save you time over the week. Um that, and that, good results. that is a good point. Yeah. So when you do a, a true body body part split, mm -hmm. uh, you know, arms one day, legs another, you know, chest the other, shoulders. When you do that kind of style of training, it if you follow that to, to the T, 
your frequency is going to drop down to probably just once a week, mm-hmm. right? Frequency is how often you train in said body part. Yeah. Because you are isolating it and yeah. you are having to recover between um, exercises and you've got five, six body parts and you're hitting each one every day. Like when are you going to get your second session in? Mm. So the benefit of strength training, if you program it right and you manage your intensity right, yeah, you can get three, four, maybe five sessions in, but intensity needs to be managed so you can recover. Exactly. And recovery is huge when it comes to strength training. Like you don't want to be in the gym six, seven days a week when you go strength training because you'll just be, you'll be fried. Yeah. And you won't get the best out of your body when you're going in the gym too frequently. So yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then when it comes to hypertrophy, so what is hypertrophy? Hypertrophy is really, uh, whilst I don't know the, the Latin, um, terminology terminology yeah. it is really about um building muscle yeah yeah i should have, i do know this but i'm i'm gonna get it wrong so let's just say it's about building muscle it's about <laughs> increasing cross-sectional size of your yeah. muscles uh through new cells and new kind of fiber development um but when we say hypertrophy really what in, sticks in people's minds is that this is a you know bodybuilding style of training yeah eight to 12, eight to 15 reps. Um, this is about accentuating and targeting muscle groups, mm-hmm. right? And this is what most people would have heard of if they ever picked up a, you know, a health magazine or, you know, they've they've considered doing, uh, you know, going into the gym and wanted to get educated. A lot of what you see is these kind of body part split routines. Mm-hmm. And its focus is around in session pump mm-hmm. right this is about feeling that muscle feeling that lactic acid build up having your muscles on fire and it's a it's a really positive reinforcement that you're working hard enough yeah when you're fatiguing and your muscles feel tired and they feel like you can't get another rep out and like they're just like they're starting to get swollen right yeah, that yeah. swole look you get that when you do this style of training now that doesn't mean that lives with you for the rest of the day. We're, we're talking in-session response to high volume, which yeah. then dissipates over the next hour or so. That's why you see when people get up on stage, they'll do some reps quick time and, you know, it just pumps up their body, but it yeah. doesn't last forever. Before a photo shoot, you'll see them doing things like that. Exactly. Squeezing their pecs together, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think it feels great. And you just feel, you feel full, like you're saying, you feel like you've worked the muscles, you get a sense of you've worked hard. Um, was it Arnold? Arnold Schwarzenegger would say that feeling of pump is better than sex. <laughs> That's his <laughs> personal know. opinion. I don't know. <laughs> I'm not but, sure. <laughs> um, no, I, I love that feeling. Like, um, and I think a lot of people as well, a lot of bodybuilders like chase that pump. Mm. Now, there is obviously benefit to having that pump um, to, for improving size, muscle size. Um, but yeah, I don't think you should get too caught up in the yeah. muscle feel that part. I mean, you are, you are, you're building up a lot of metabolic waste in, yeah. in, in the muscle, a lot of lactic acid. And, you know, the more waste, uh, the more kind of replenishment is needed, more mm-hmm. blood flow. And that is in its own right, rejuvenating and allowing post-workout for protein synthesized to be maximized. So yeah. there's absolute benefits to doing it. You typically find people that exclusively work within this style of training is that mm-hmm. their bodies can look at bubbly. What I mean by that is like you know bubbly muscles. Mm-hmm. So as opposed to proportioned, and they could be proportioned if they have a well programmed, yeah, well programmed routine. Um, but you might find that they have really big arms and maybe some other things are out of whack. 
their their muscles won't look necessarily dense, but they'll look bumpy, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. that's the typical look you get when you purely go this route. Um, as opposed to mind over matter with strength training, what you're getting here is muscle mind connection. Yeah. So this is about isolating your effort towards one specific muscle. Say it's a bicep curl. Or it's uh, you know it's a leg press. Mm-hmm. Oh no, sorry, like a leg extension. You are looking to maximize the tension and the feeling within the muscle that you're targeting. This is not full body. You're not trying to do a bicep curl and mm-hmm. use your shoulders and you know swing it up and do all that kind of stuff. That might be efficient. You might be able to lift more. Mm-hmm. You might be stronger by helping that muscle out with the rest of your muscles. Yeah. But the idea in in true hypertrophy or bodybuilding style training you're looking to be stable mm-hmm. have got have good range of motion and keep that muscle in tension throughout the lift yeah definitely yeah, yeah. and that's why you see when bodybuilders are in the zone that's they're, they're so focused they get the headphones on and they're just focused on what they're doing because they're trying to feel what they're doing. And they often, actually, look, they often look at their muscle the, like you'll see people doing bicep curls yeah. and it looks a bit egoy but they're looking at the bicep yeah as they're training and you know what it has some benefit when you are that zeroed in on i'm doing an exercise that's purely focused on my glutes or purely focused on my triceps or purely focused on my bicep is that that's where all the effort and attention goes to some people look at their bicep if you're mr ct fletcher you might talk to your bicep (laughs) and tell it to grow (laughs) i haven't done that yet but maybe i should yeah there you go um, I also think that this has got the benefit of helping manage fatigue and increase your, as you've said earlier this session, your work capacity and yeah. your endurance. So when you're hitting the higher rep ranges and you haven't done before, the benefit of that is that you you build up your tolerance to doing more reps. And yeah. that has a benefit throughout your whole life, not just training in its own way. 100%. So I would say, would you say there's anything else that really kind of distinguishes the two from one another? Well, the 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 different the one of the main differences as well with strength and hypertrophy you, i i think of strength as more as a, a concentric shortening motion um focused way of training and then hypertrophy is a little bit more biased towards the eccentric which is the lowering phase That's fair. so way to think about it is with a bicep curl concentric will be as you're bringing the barbell up towards you or the dumbbell up towards you mm. and you're shortening the bicep um, that's kind of more like the strength portion of the lift. Yeah. And then as you're lowering, if you lower nice and slowly, you're going to get, you're going to really do some damage to the muscle tissue. Um, you're going to create sort of that um, response that you want when it comes to hypertrophy. So um, just kind of distinguishing between the two and making sure that say you're doing hypertrophy, you're not just thinking about, okay, I want to get the weight from A to B. I want to move as much as possible. It's like, how can I control the weight and how can I, focus on that eccentric movement um and that's something that i i'm doing during this phase and i'm sure you are too mm. um during the hypertrophy phase we're going to be a lot slower on the lowering phase of the squat a lot lower a lot slower on the lowering phase of the pull-up or the bicep curl mm. just to elicit that response um but then when i move over to strength i won't be doing that so much i'm not going to lower you know if i'm doing four to six reps i'm not going to be going slow on the way down with that squat I'm going to be dropping down into the hole and then trying to explode out with as much strength and power as possible. Um, so just dis- doing, distinguishing that between the two and keeping that in mind when you're training, making sure you're focusing on each. I think that's that's a really valid point. When I when I deadlift, 
you know, with the view of deadlifting as much as possible, mm-hmm. uh, I may, without realizing, try and lower the bar slowly. Yeah. And whilst that, because I'm thinking, oh yeah, I want, I want, I want the, I want the muscle development too. Yeah, yeah. Um, and a lot of the muscle development occurs when in in the lowering portion of yeah. the deadlift. But when you are going pure strength, you're fatiguing yourself. Mm. If you're trying to get four, five reps out he- as heavy as you can, and you're trying to go super slow yeah. in the lower end of that bar, you're just not gonna you're gonna gas yourself out. So what you end yep. up doing is going, okay, I need to not drop the bar. That'd be the most efficient way of being yep. able to go again. But I don't enjoy doing that. Mm-hmm. But lower the bar quickly, yep. so then I can get on with that kind of that as you say that explosive strength. Well, exactly. Uh, well, the thing is, you can lower it slow, but then that all that does will, if you're training purely for strength, that will just dilute your efforts yes. because you're then gonna really you're gonna affect the the other reps that are left in the tank that you're about yes. to do um, if you're lowering it slowly. Um, and like you said, by dropping the bar, you'll see, say, a power lifter if he knows he if if he's trying to build strength but he doesn't want to build size because he's at his, he's trying to stay within a weight category but he wants to maximize his strength in that weight category he'll do a deadlift he'll get to the top he'll do the concentric and then he'll drop, he'll the, bar drop the bar because yeah. he's like i don't need the eccentric fat, elliot holtz talked about that as well yeah, he said exactly. like some people you know you know give me shit for dropping a bar but i do that because my, my legs are big enough thank yeah, you yeah. very much i don't want to get any bigger yeah and i, I, I hear that so yeah. again you know depending on why you're training let's let's acknowledge that whilst we've created this kind of distinction this mm. uh polarity between the two this binary nature of strength training versus hypertrophy the reality is there really isn't any black and white differences Mm -hmm. strength training resistance training generally speaking at any rep range offers a offers a similar set of benefits Mm -hmm. all towards stronger and bigger muscles yeah they're just more accentuated at the far ends of the spectrum and I think that's something you need to bear in mind is strength training and hypertrophy aren't a world apart. If you do strength training, you're not going to not get bigger. Yeah. If you do hypertrophy, you're not going to not get any stronger. Yeah, yeah. In actual fact, this is a, a circular loop that if you develop your strength, you will get bigger. Yeah. And if you develop, if you work purely with the view of getting bigger, you will get stronger. Mm. One doesn't start yeah. and the other one finish. It's a circular loop that if you focus on one, the other benefits and vice versa. However, if you look at this as a spectrum, mm-hmm. depending on your both your biases, both in terms of preference and yeah. you know, your sporting need or what have you, that would dictate what you start with or what you what you train predominantly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, in terms of who which of these are useful for, this is a it depends answer. Yeah. Um, however, I would say, generally speaking, if you are fit and able, then I think strength training always has a place. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that you know people like you and I do promote um, the use of strength training because it's something that is still not particularly popular, especially for, say, women. Mm-hmm. A lot of women will yeah, shy away not. from true strength training. Yep. And a lot of newbies getting into you know, getting into the gym probably won't go at the kind of strength training side of the spectrum. They'll yep. probably go hypertrophy because that's what they've heard. Yeah. But there's real value, as we've just described in strength training. So mm-hmm. if you're fit and able, I would say go there. But here are a couple of categories to think about. If you're a newbie, 
And as I say, you're fit and able, start with strength training, you'll get big bang for your buck. However, if you're a newbie, but you're older, and hey, this is subjective, but say, you know, you're 45, 50, and you've mm-hmm. never really done any training before, and you've been inactive for a good period of your life recently, then going straight in on this idea that you're going to be killing it mm. four to six reps on the squat and a deadlift, pushing at maximal load, it might not be productive because you might increase your risk of injury. So yeah. you might want to start get first getting some coaching and support so you can move properly mm-hmm. and ensure that you're functional and maybe ex- experience the movement enough with lower weights so you can perfect the movement before starting to amp up the yeah. demand on your your nervous system so that you've got the habit of movement correct. Mm. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, and I would also say for newbies of all ages, uh, well, less the younger newbies, let's say, that are getting into it, it's so important to build that foundation of strength. But what I would say is that lean more towards when you first start training towards the the strength training, but with a slyer, higher rep range. So you want to go for the big whole body complex movements like a squat or a deadlift, things like that. But go a little bit high on the rep range so that you don't have to go as heavy so that you can learn the movement. And then once you've now built that awareness of your body and movement and got the technique right, then you can then start layering on the weight and then you can really start challenging your strength within that lower rep range. I think that's that's great advice. Yeah. So if you've not if you've not trained before and you're not familiar with how to do a deadlift with good form and not and not be compromised. Yeah. You're going to have to practice that movement and practice in it when you can only do a couple of reps. One, you won't get enough reps in. And yeah. two, you're probably going to do it wrong and risk, yeah. risk of injury increases. So even if you want to start with strength training, building in some time to familiarize yourself and perfect sure. the movement at less stressful re- um, weight is probably a good idea. Yeah, 100%. And getting some help is probably a good idea. Yeah, to start and that's with. when you might want to, if you're not sure how to, you know, go seek some help and get someone to work on that. And then once you've done that phase, then you move yeah. into you know the uh, rep range and test your strength and build your strength. Okay, um, if you're an intermediate weightlifter, so you've been you've been consistently training strength training for say year year and a half plus, I would say any modality offers benefit, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a moment. Yeah, if you're a woman, um, again, so it, it really it's it's a depends answer, but. Um, I often find that women would prefer to start on higher rep work. Usually, yeah. Uh, more multiplanal work, maybe a little bit more endurance style so they can get their, their they feel like they're working. Yeah. They feel like they're really training, getting mm-hmm. a sweat on, low rest periods, that kind of thing. It's yeah. a modality that a lot of women prefer. It's not to say that there isn't some gold <laughs> yeah. at the end of the rainbow on doing shrimp training and the higher, higher heavier stuff. I'm just acknowledging that there's a bias towards probably doing higher rep things. Maybe you start there, build up your confidence, show the benefits Mm -hmm. of getting heavier and heavier, and then maybe then do a phase of proper strength training and see what you get from it. And this is just, you know, we're not, this isn't, we're recommending you do hypertrophy over strength, but this is just what we see in the industry. Yeah, It's just the way it is. And it's just the way that uh, we tend to see more women move more towards the higher end of the rep range. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, if you're purely doing this for aesthetics and mm-hmm. you really don't care about, you know, functional strength, uh, strength generally speaking, uh, you really don't care about how much you can deadlift and how much you can squat. None of that yeah. is a thing to you at all. You just want big biceps uh, and a bigger chest. Then I would say at least 
you should be probably starting with hypertrophy again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just because that's your goal. Uh, train with your goal in mind. And if that's purely your goal and you've, you see no benefit towards strength training, then uh, you'll get you'll get enough benefit from hypertrophy. But again, we're going to talk about moving between the two styles yeah, in a second. Benefit. Yeah, your goals. If you're primarily training for sport, you're a rugby player, uh, whether it's, it, to be honest, it all depends, but say you're a rugby player, or you're a swimmer, you're a footballer, a tennis player, you should be training in the gym to support your sport. Yeah. And that will look different depending on your sport, mm-hmm. right? Depending on what muscles are important, Depending on whether endurance is a, an important factor or, or explosiveness is an important yeah. factor of your of your sport. What movements? So it all depends. But if if your sport is a is a strength dominant, explosive dominant uh, sport, say a hundred meter race or NFL football players, then you're going to be thinking about a lot of strength work. Yeah. Because you want you want to be mobile in extreme ranges of motion being able to be under load and manage that with stability and you know be organized mm-hmm. and capable and yeah. and that link you know that that is really strength training yeah you wouldn't find you wouldn't necessarily find for any sport really maybe you can tell me otherwise you wouldn't find hypertrophy as an exclusive style of training right to support sport performance like you wouldn't find a footballer going i'm just going to be banging out those bicep curls yeah every day of the week because it doesn't really offer a benefit that to won't his... help, you, help you get goals <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't however what you might find in in sport performance is that there might be some plyometric stuff so like explosive jumping up and down mm-hmm. and stuff there might be some conditioning there might be some stability work yeah. there might be some unilateral work so you can build up your ability to Mm-hmm. effectively be strong on one leg which a yep. lot of sports require you to do as you run and stuff yeah. and shift direction but when it comes to more explosive and more power driven sports i would say strength expertly programmed strength training yep. has more of a purpose than say hypertrophy training yeah and then just using hypertrophy as a as a means but not an end so using it if you're say a rugby uh, player and you know you need to be a little bit heavier if you're a prop or something yeah. or a wrestler and you go i need a bit more mass i need a bit more weight behind me that's fair then i will use hypertrophy to build that size however you probably or not probably but you'll definitely need the strength also so just kind of using a hypertrophy as a bit of a tool to kind of so you have a bias towards optimize. strength yeah and 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 um sport specific movements under yeah. load yeah with as you say hypertrophy as a tool yeah to build up a bit more mass i think that 100%. makes perfect sense um if you're overweight say 20 percent plus body fat for a guy 30 percent plus for uh for women it doesn't really matter which way you go to be honest but i would say from a, a efficiency and bang for your buck probably mm-hmm. strength training is a good place to start mm-hmm. because it will be it will be more calorie demanding per unit of time yeah if you and that's kind of what you want to do right when when you're trying to lose weight yeah. you want to be in a calorie restriction and you want to burn as many calories as you want and you probably can do that with strength training if you do it right combined with some steady state cardio well exactly and and then if you think about doing a deadlift during strength phase versus doing isolation bicep curls or lateral raises for hypertrophy <clears throat> 
the calorie demand on the deadlift is going to be much, much yes. greater than doing a single joint um, movement like a bicep curl, for instance. Exactly. So, yeah. That's, that was my thinking on that exactly, one. Exactly, yeah. That's brilliant. Uh, and then if you've got any injury uh, or, or prior surgery, um, you might feel compromised and vulnerable to do heavy compound, you know, deadlift squats, you know, where your back might be in a compromised position. Yeah. You might find, depending on the injury, it's a better place to start being more yeah. isolated and focused on individual muscle muscle mm-hmm. groups, doing the hypertrophy style training. And then based on you developing competence and strength and capability, starting to experience with strength training. Because strength training yeah. is a perfect prescription to a lot of people's back pain and general mm-hmm. pain, all, all body pain can be addressed through getting stronger through more extreme ranges of motion. Yeah. So strength training has a very beneficial yeah. uh, impact <clears throat> to, towards resolving pain and, in, and, and potential injury. However, it needs to be delivered yeah. with some, you know, with some expertise and yeah. with some caution yeah and i think the problem i have with like people prescribing strength training for uh post-injury you know rehab work is that you're telling someone to then go and lift a weight when they probably have an imbalance or unawareness of a certain movement or body part which they then can address through hypertrophy work because it's higher rep more control more feel okay so you get that uh, muscle mind connection so yeah i agree i think if you if you go a bit more biased towards sort of hypertrophy work, bearing in mind that still will make you stronger. Um, that will then just allow you to have more control over the movement um, so that you can feel what your body's doing, keep your body in line, work okay. on any imbalances, um, and then you can move over to strength once so, you have that So awareness. you're saying stri- so hypertrophy is probably a better place to start so yeah. you, there's less risk of injury, Yeah, but strength training has its application towards overall recovery and and pain reduction in the long term in the long term yeah so what i would focus on with when i've done rehab in the past i would i would focus more on the hypertrophy biased training more higher rep range lower weights um just because yeah you get more mind connection you can think about what you're doing you can feel the muscle Mm -hmm. and and then target the muscle where the because there's usually an imbalance of some sort um there's usually a body part that we need to strengthen but we don't strengthen it through doing a deadlift. We'll strengthen it through, okay, if your quadriceps aren't working, let's get you aware of what it feels like to use your quadriceps or let's get you to be aware and feel what it feels like to use your abs or mm. certain body parts. And that's where hypertrophy really comes into its own. Yeah. Once you've got that, then you can go, right, I'll go for strength training. And now you can then use your newfound sort of awareness and build strength upon that. Perfect, perfect. Cool. I think we've covered quite a bit already today. I yep. think what would probably be good to start, you know, to start wrapping this up and and maybe giving some more reasoning for where to start mm-hmm. is just to put some factors in place in terms of that decision-making process for, yeah, yeah, for people sure. listening. So first and foremost, I would say confidence will dictate yeah. whether you are in a good place to start with strength training. Mm-hmm. I know for me strength training can probably looked quite um made me feel quite anxious prior to doing it mm-hmm. you know when i hadn't done any strength training previously um it does require you to have good control of your body yeah and you need to feel comfortable going into a gym with other people yeah and you know lifting heavy and you yeah. know struggling mm. so if you're confident 
and that probably starts with some both awareness of yourself and some personal training coaching yeah then go for it and strength train because i think the the rewards are massive but if you are have got no awareness of how your mm-hmm. body moves or whether it moves properly or not yeah and you've not had any guidance on how to do these movements right again i just put a little bit of caution there because Definitely. you know the risk of injury and just feeling like a bit of a tit doing something you don't know what you're doing could, yeah can be quite exposing well the last thing if you're going into gym and you're not confident the last thing you want to go and do is then go into the squat rack and then start exactly. putting a load of weight on and go and doing a deadlift because it looks you, like a bro thing right? yeah yeah you, you'll be like okay well i'll go to the machine that's tucked away down the other end of the gym yeah. where everyone's doing cardio and machines and i'm going to do leg extensions um rather than going and doing a barbell deadlift so like confidence is just yeah build your confidence but up. if your confidence is low that doesn't mean you should never do strength training no exactly i think my my, my response to you is we need to get your confidence up yeah. because there's gold at the end of that rainbow but we need to get you yeah to be comfortable doing that 100 percent. so confidence is is a, an, an a initial indicator as to which one you should choose mm-hmm. mobility for me then is second so yeah. if you have absolutely shit mobility then prescribing a strength training program where you're doing deep mm. ass to grass squats and heavy deadlifts and you know proper form bench press when you might have issues all up and down you know your it's body it's asking for trouble it's asking for trouble mm. so mobility and testing your mobility having it functionally assessed and that can be done in one pt session i think it's really important to know yeah. are you ready and capable to do strength training because Mm. if you have mobility issues you're going to come unstuck very quickly yeah exactly yeah i think like too many people lift too heavy too soon um without improving movement and i think that well then you get injured and then you're out for months and then therefore Mm -hmm. the results don't come and then you blame strength training or you say oh like deadlifts or squats are bad for your back it's not that the, the exercise itself is bad for your back. It's bad for your back if you haven't got the exactly. You haven't got the mobility, the range of motion. You can't get into the correct positions. So learn how to get into the correct positions. Get an assessment and see what's going on with your body. And you know, work on things. And there's always things that me and you and other advanced lifters can work on as well, as well as beginners. There's always something to work and improve. Absolutely. So yeah, it's just something to bear in mind and make sure that you're at a a, a, a a decent enough or a good enough level so that when you go under the bar, you're not going to injure yourself. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, another one for me is enjoyment. Now, we spoke about this only only a couple of weeks ago. We spoke about neurotypes and this notion that you have uh, almost a inbuilt preference yeah. to modalities of training where, for whatever reason, you just get more enjoyment. Mm-hmm. And enjoyment means that you're more consistent and you sustain, you know, the the kind of protocol for longer, and you just get less bored and yeah. distracted. So, you know, whether you're someone who really likes intense, you know, grinding workouts through to someone who just loves to do loads and loads and loads of reps with little uh, rest periods in between, kind of knowing yourself mm-hmm. will determine where the majority of your training ends yeah. up being programmed. Now, I use the word majority because I don't, believe any one modality in perpetuity is a good idea yeah but if you're someone like my wife who openly admits that she's tried 
you know, all the different styles and what just feels better yeah. for her is, you know, still strength training, still lifting heavy and demanding a lot from herself. But it, it's it's more at the 10 plus rep range. Mm-hmm. She just prefers yeah. that place. And I have to accept that. Like, whilst I'd like to do, her to do more strength training because I think there'll be benefit for her. I've got to get her in the gym and yeah. she's got to enjoy it and she's got to be self-motivated to keep getting in the gym without any pressure. And she's more likely to do that when she does the style of training that yeah. her body just, for whatever reason, prefers. Yeah, because if you're doing something you feel you have to do, you just it's going to last so long. Exactly. It's external pressure versus yeah. internal yeah. You know, need. Enjoyment. Exactly. So enjoyment, I think, is massive. And you won't know until you try both. No, exactly. So try both and see where, where you feel you... Yeah, you connect more with the, the training style. Exactly, because if you enjoy hypertrophy more, it might be that you decide to move into more the bodybuilding-esque sort of industry and you might have a bit more bias towards sort of bodybuilding and aesthetics. And some people just might go, you know what, I really like strength training. I like performance. You know what, I might even consider doing a powerlifting competition. You, never I don't, know, you don't know where it goes. I think but... a lot of people that get into either extreme yeah. start off with just wanting to improve their body. Yeah. And then they go, oh, I, re- I like that. Enjoy well, I'm it. strong. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm stronger than most people. Yeah. I might want to, you know, amplify my benefits yeah. by really leaning in on strength training. But you'll find that strength train, sorry, powerlifters do hypertrophy. Yes. They use it as a tool. Mm-hmm. They phase in and out. They periodize their training schedule. Yeah. The majority of their work is is managing towards the performance goal, which yeah. is to lift heavy for sure. But they don't exclusively do lift heavy work. Because own, yeah. they are looking to build certain muscles that can help increase their strength, and they're looking to give their CNS a break. They're 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 expertly programming mm-hmm. to support their goal, yeah. And they use both modalities. Exactly, that, that's a really important yeah. point. Yeah, hundred um, percent. I think the biggest the biggest factor mm-hmm. that everyone needs to bear in mind is that nothing works forever. And that kind of touches on what you were just saying, right? Nothing works forever. I. And I know that. I can say that I am not a hyper responder, but I respond well to pretty much any new program style that we put mm-hmm. together. I feel that, you know, there's some benefit, you know, I get motivated by it and I see my body change and my strength change. Mm-hmm. Almost everything that we do, I respond. That doesn't make me unique or, you know, a genetic freak. What it what it pull, what it calls out is that you are always gonna reach a point where you that you get a diminishing return for the style of training mm. or the routine that you've got. You can't do the same routine forever. Your body will adapt. You will hit plateaus. You will struggle to progress. Uh, your body is just used to it. Like there's no there's no guesswork. There's nothing. Yeah. There's no new stimulus. Yes, it's hard and it's hard day on day, week on week. But it needs to be progressive, mm. and your body needs to feel that it's pushing its limits. And I know. That when I've stayed stayed too long in strength training, I get to that point where yeah. there's really nowhere else for me to go, and every workout's grueling. Yet I don't feel that I'm making any additional progress. Mm-hmm. When you feel that, that's time to change. Yeah. Same with hypertrophy. When it's the more bodybuilding, body parts split, heavy rep stuff, gets to a point where you feel that oh, I had this massive bump in both performance yep. and strength and reps I can do, my body was changing. Now it just seems to be the same old, same old. Like mm-hmm. I'm doing the same weights every week, yep. week in, week out. My body seems to have stopped changing. 
what the fuck? Like this hypertrophy stuff doesn't work. It yeah. does, but you need a break from it. Yeah. Because if you keep keep going down that road, it's only going to be so long until that needle starts moving and you need a new stimulus to move that needle. I agree, man. So nothing works forever. And I'll go as far to say that everything works. Yeah. Yeah, I From agree with that. endurance style strength training, you know, 20 plus reps mm-hmm. through to the one rep max type yep. stuff. All of this adds benefit in the pursuit of developing greater size and greater strength. Mm-hmm. But nothing works forever. Yeah. And this isn't about muscle mind confusion. This isn't this idea that I'm going to go in and every every workout is yep. going to be different. <laughs> because here's the next point. If you don't practice the skill, de- you know, if you don't develop your skill and give a style of training or a rep range scheme some time, mm-hmm. you won't know or reap the benefits because it's just too random. Yeah, Your body, you can't um, purposely progress both in skill and strength and capability on something that you're doing randomly. You wouldn't see a swimmer just randomly doing some swimming, yeah. thrown in amongst all this other random stuff and expect to get massively better. Yeah, You'll find that if you want to swim and you want to get better at your backstroke, you're going to do backstroke a lot. Yeah, <laughs> And you're going to be consistent yeah. with your drills and your routines and how you go about it. And you're going to build up habits towards that so you can develop the skill and the performance and the speed. So when it comes to programming, I believe... now could be wrong but if you programmed four weeks mm-hmm. and four weeks means that you're gonna have four times each session you build within a weekly routine yeah i feel that that's a, a good amount of time to get over the first inertia of like what is this routine week one yeah. week two i oh know week one i've hurt i'm hurting like hell as well yeah, yeah week two i'm hurting a little bit less and i've got a little bit more understanding of all these exercises and mm-hmm. maybe i've been able to lift a little bit more week three now I'm starting to really lift my, you know, my capacity because I've got over the newness of it, and I'm, mm-hmm. you know, now to really now, now able to really focus on maximal lifting yep. within that rep scheme. And then week four, it starts to it starts to be a bit like week three. The change yep. curve starts to plateau, drop off slightly. So I think as a minimum, <clears throat> you're going to be doing a doing four weeks of any new training style mm-hmm. or program you put together. And for me. And I think we're all individual. You know, we program eight weeks, which is two months for me. And that yep. feels like a good amount. I think six to eight weeks is that yep. sweet spot. Yeah. I think I could change field. at six. Yeah. Um, but eight feels like I'm I'm, re- I'm, I'm, I'm really committed to the cause. Yeah. I'm giving everything to this style of training. Mm-hmm. By eight weeks, I feel like enough's enough. Yep. I need something new. I need a new stimulus. I need variety. I need change. I need yeah. a break. And I'm probably getting to the point where week seven was pretty much identical to week six and yeah. week eight, like, yeah, it's just the same. Exactly. And it, so it's finding like that perfect balance of being consistent, not overly consistent, get consistent. And that's why you're saying there periodically program your training. So there's a period where you can work on that same program. And then after that period, then you can switch over. Um, and you want to stay consistent enough that you can improve at that set program um and then you can change you know there's variables that you can change you know you change angles at which you're holding the bar or you can change the rep ranges you could change the variation of the exercise there's a there's many things that you can do but you just don't want to go randomly from session to session to session because it will just it 
yeah, that muscle confusion is just a, a bullshit myth, really, that um, people buy into. Whereas actually, you just need to be consistent and periodize your training, get good at that, hit the six to eight weeks, and then you can move on to the next exactly. one. Exactly. Unfortunately, consistency sounds like doing the same thing all the time. Yeah. And we're not saying that. What we're saying is you have to be consistent for a short period of time yeah. so that you can reap the benefit of developing this new skill. Yeah. Like if I said to you, um, you know, start learning how to write blogs and you wrote a blog for the first time mm-hmm. and it was okay. It took forever. You know, it was all these steps and you, mm-hmm. you kind of felt lost. And then you done it the second day a little bit better because you knew what buttons to press, but still it's a bit clunky. Yeah. If you've done that consistently, a blog every day for four to six weeks, that by by the end of six weeks, it's now become habitual. You've got, gone into some habit loops. No some of these things are automatic routines. Mm. It's no longer as hard. You feel like you can get into the flow quicker. And that's any skill. Any skill development requires repetition, yeah. deliberate repetition consistently with short gaps in between. So, you know, you're getting enough reps in. Yeah. And, and guess, that's the point here, right? If you are not, if you are doing, if you're thinking I want to improve my deadlift, but I'm doing a deadlift once every three weeks, whenever yeah. I, I think about it, you're not really going to make, make much Too progress. inconsistent, exactly. And going back to your analogy of writing the blog, that if you're writing the blog and you, you know, after a few weeks or a few months, you get good at it and it's not a chore anymore and you're quick and efficient at doing it, you've got to a point where you've stopped learning, your body's stopped adapting because there's nothing to learn because you've now mastered it. And then you go, okay, now how do I go to the next level? How do I increase the standard on my blog writing? Okay, yeah, exactly. now let's, let's expect some other stuff from me and let's change the program. Exactly, yeah? there you go. Okay, um, what do you think about intra-workout, um, basically hybridizing a, a workout? So you've got strength and hypertrophy in the same session. Do you believe that is one is taken away from the other or do you believe it's you know they're beneficial and they support one another and the goals of the Mm -hmm. individual what do you think um i believe you should definitely have both in the program it does depend on your goals but saying that if you're a powerlifter you're still going to want both in there but how you put both in there is the question Mm -hmm. so I, if you've got bias towards strength because you're a power lifter or you just are a recreational lifter and you just want to get stronger, you don't care about aesthetics, I will still put in some sort of supplemental hypertrophy work in that program mm-hmm. to support your strength needs. But I wouldn't, I wouldn't put, I would make sure that it's more biased and leaning towards the strength training. So you're practicing the movement, the skill of lifting that weight, you're placing demands on your body for for the sport or whatever to get stronger mm-hmm. but then i'll make sure that there's that supplemental work in there at the end so it has that hybrid approach but it's more biased towards the strength and then the at the end like i said that hypertrophy phase which we call sort of supplemental work you might work on i don't know say with your bench press you're you know you need to increase your bench press you need to increase your work capacity so adding in another exercise like Uh, that's going to target specifically upper chest or like your anterior deltoid, something that's going to then help and support your bench press. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah. Think about like if you've got weak triceps, but your your pecs are strong enough. Yeah. Well, it's the weakest link that's going to dictate the the strength of that lift. Now, if you've been able to understand and identify it's weak weak triceps that are are causing your lift to, to kind of plateau, then supplementing 
within the roots within that routine within that yeah. program some additional tricep work which is by by its nature isolation and therefore yeah. going to be more in the hypertrophy rep range mm -hmm. that makes perfect sense doesn't yeah. it whereas if you were just to randomly throw in some strength and hypertrophy exercises it'll become just a random mismatch of exercises mm. you're not really moving in any direction and you're all you're doing is just delaying and diluting your efforts and i think like if you want to move towards a specific goal then you need to just think out the process and your program and make sure that it makes sense and you've got to go okay well every single exercise in there has to have a reason so if i'm trying to get stronger i've got and let's say i'm let's say a powerlifter they will have they were working on their bench press their squat and their deadlift because those are the three main lifts right they will be working on those so they will be in the program and mm -hmm. you want to make sure they're hitting them frequently enough and then like you say if you've got weak triceps and you know your bench press needs to increase then as long as you thought about it and you go okay well i now know now know that I need to put in some supplemental exercises to build my triceps and build that work capacity. So as long as you're thinking about it and going, okay, and there's a reason behind it, then absolutely fine to have a hybrid approach to programming. And a couple other thoughts on, on closing on that intra workout thing. I would say if you're doing strength training, make your program a strength training program. Exactly. Right. It's predominantly a strength training program, which means that you are doing strength training first <clears throat> where you have maximal energy and you're freshest. Mm -hmm. Doing hypertrophy before strength training is a bad, it's a no-no. You're yeah. just not going to have that. You're not going to have the capacity to do what you need to do. So strength training first, if you're going to mix both yeah. in the same session. As you say, be deliberate with your exercise selection. So the hypertrophy is a tool towards your strength goals. And I would also think about the strength training be 80% of your overall effort, mm -hmm. right? The majority of that day, that session should be around you lifting that heavy stuff. Yeah. And the supplemental stuff should feel like the 20-30% of the routine. Mm -hmm. Do it like that and I think it'll be right. The last thing on that is if you're doing a hypertrophy training yeah. and your focus is to yeah, do that around. modality, yeah. I wouldn't necessarily build in strength training because it's it's a bit confused. Yeah. Would you agree? Like if, if you're just doing a body part split and you're doing arms today, sticking in a deadlift, for example, doesn't yeah. make any sense. No, exactly. However, I would sort of... I would then approach it differently and I would just make sure I have some focus on your compound strength exercises. But as you're doing at the moment with your program, you've got what, about 10% in your program of strength training and the rest is hypertrophy. So you're, I know you're trying to maintain your strength. Yeah, anything, so I, I do some one rep max testing yeah. once a week and I do a, a strength day, just one strength day yeah. every two or three weeks just to kind of keep that kind of rhythm going. <laughs> And I'm doing all of the compound lifts. I'm mm -hmm. still doing, you know, pull-ups and I'm doing bench press, a lot of bench pressing. And I'm doing a lot of squatting and yep. I'm doing, you know, lunging. So I'm doing multi-joint movements. Mm -hmm. I'm just taking the load off for the most part. What? Deadlifts are probably the thing that featured least, yeah. which is, uh, as I say, at the start of this discussion, it was a little, little nerving to remove that. But yeah. as I say, every two or three weeks, I'm getting at least one session in just so I keep that. Exactly. Rhythm. Yeah. But I, what I would say is that, so you could do a, a strength day um, or you could add in some strength movements into your program. I would, I would recommend at least ideally having one strength exercise, one compound strength based movement in your hypertrophy program each session, because I just think you'll have a much better well-rounded proportionate looking aesthetic so you're talking about physique. you're talking about 
full compound movement versus four to six reps. I mean, depends on your goals and your preferences versus that being right or wrong. Yeah. Um, Okay. And then just kind of wrapping up on this, I would say that the another thing to consider is whether progressively overloading your volume week to week is really important. Mm -hmm. We do know that progressive overload is a foundational piece towards developing a stronger and bigger body you need to be putting increasing demands on your body from week to week for it to be able to respond and adapt and you can absolutely do that with strength training Mm -hmm. but there comes a point when when you're already maxing out on these big lifts yeah and if you don't have a lot of hypertrophy built in hybridized into your training plan you get to the point where you're kind of lifting the same weight for the same reps week in week out and any additional volume is maybe one rep here or there. Yeah. So the volume increase from week to week might be very, very slight. Whereas when you think about hypertrophy training, mm-hmm. it is easier yeah. to increase your volume from week to week purely because adding an, you know, another five reps or another set generally is easier because the body's more has got more more capacity. Yeah, because you're further away reps. from the red line, you're further away from failure. So just bear that in mind. If you are looking for volume improvements week on week, um, just be mindful that strength training will plateau. Yeah. And that closes the discussion. We're going plateauing is probably the biggest uh acknowledgement for shifting between the two modalities. Yeah. At any point when one of these modalities becomes same old, same old. Mm-hmm both in terms of strength or performance, reps or sets, you just feel that from one week to the next, it's almost identical in terms of your overall performance. Yeah. That's when you know, re- you know, getting a new program or rewriting a new program is going to be beneficial. Exactly. And I've I've been there. I've, I'm there all the time. And I don't think that's unique to me. I think, you know, every between, as we said, and every four to six to eight weeks, I'll find that my program stagnates. Yeah. My development within that program stagnates. Yeah. The program in its own right was perfectly suited mm-hmm. to my body, but I've now adapted. Mm-hmm. It's time to do something different. And undulating between the two extremes is probably the best way to do it. Instead yeah. of going, I'm doing four to six, and now I'm doing six to eight, and now I'm doing eight to ten, and I'm taking eight weeks for each. Yeah. There isn't enough change. Yeah. Whereas if you go, I'm doing four to six, and now I'm doing ten plus in the following training block, that's enough of a pendulum swing and change where your body has to radically adapt Mm -hmm. and shift to a different modality and that typically creates quite a lot of mental and physical stimulus response do you know what i mean yeah and what what i'd say just as we're um obviously wrapping it up i would also ask a question or the question i used to quite often ask myself is okay well my goal and quite a lot of people's goal is just to, is, is both, right? They want to get stronger and bigger. Quite a lot of, um, especially guys, usually want to get stronger and bigger. That's just a, a general goal. And I'd always ask the question, okay, should I start with getting stronger first or should I start with getting bigger first? Should I work on hypertrophy or strength? And um, yeah, so the answer to that question would be, I personally would work on strength first I don't know if you'd agree, but I'd work on strength first. If, maximize your potential. If you can, you potential. should. If you can, you yep. should, like we're saying with the newbie. And then I'd move on to, stre- on to size, build some size for a period, and then go back to strength. Yes. The way to think of it is, okay, you've got muscles on your frame. 
are you using your muscles to that maximum potential? Are you recruiting every muscle fiber? And neurologically, are you maximizing the force that your body can create? So are you a moped going at 70 miles per hour? Or are you a sports car going at 50 miles per hour? If you're a sports car going at 50 miles per hour, you've got the muscle in your frame, but you're going at 50 miles per hour. You you can you can get stronger. You've got much more in the tank. Mm. But if you're a moped and you've got a small engine, you've got a small frame, mm-hmm. but you're, you're maxing say, out yeah, already. you're 70 kilograms, but you're squatting 200 kilograms, I'd probably say, right, if you want to progress, let's get bigger now. You need let's, to get bigger. Let's get yeah. bigger. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of the way I would see it. Um, and that's a great analogy. I got that from Ross Edgeley and he was talking about that and it just clicked and I thought, yeah. Mm. I like it. I yeah. like it. And, you know, it is this idea of this circular the circular loop between building exactly. strength and building size. You can't really do one purely yeah. in isolation. As you've said, you might be per pound mm-hmm. of body weight. Some people are just insanely strong. They're yeah. just able to command a lot from their body on a small frame. And they're, you know, genetic freaks. Like, How the fuck can yeah. this little twig like lift 200 <laughs> kilogram yeah. deadlift? Like, how is this even possible? Yeah. And then on the on the other side, you get these big dudes yeah, yeah. who can just about you know do you know 150k deadlift. Yeah, you know there's there's extremes at both ends, but the reality is, if you want one or the other, you have to work on both. Yeah, and exactly. doing so requires you undulating between these two modalities and expect and and understanding they are one of the same, mm-hmm. and you're just trying to create new stimulus yeah. to create new adaptations break plateaus, not stay stagnant, Mm -hmm. give yourself variety, give you something new and different to try, get that excitement up in your training. Mm -hmm. And yeah, just keep the body guessing, but keep consistency and skill development in mind. Don't just be completely random. Exactly. Perfect. Cool. Thank you, Bryn. And guys, listen, thanks for listening in. I hope you enjoyed it. Adaptation is all about providing you with the tools and expert knowledge to help you improve and optimize your strength, health, and mindset inside and out. Until next time, guys, we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. If you enjoy this show, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It really helps. And of course, recommend us to any friends or family who you think might also enjoy the show. Thanks for listening. This is Adapt Nation.